Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hi, Samantha. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be diving into this series. I know. This is now episode one. Last week, we introduced to you guys our new series of our not-so-obvious sins, and we gave you kind of a recap of what we'll be doing here. But for the next few weeks, we're going to dive into different not-so-obvious sins that we feel like as Christians we want to be refined by and look into personally. Honestly, most of these topics Samantha and I chose because we also too have either struggled with them in the past or we're constantly trying to refine ourselves in them. And so today we will be talking about indulgent coping. Yeah. And honestly, if you haven't listened to that intro episode of kind of explaining our heart behind this series, I would highly recommend it because we just want to make sure that everyone knows our intentions in bringing some of these things up. We don't want it to come across as legalistic or, you know, being nitpicky about every little thing you do in life and decision you make, but honestly, just out of a heart for us to all grow closer to Jesus in it. So overindulgent coping mechanisms. This one is an interesting one because it was bred out of a lot of more specific examples Christian and I kind of thought of as moms at any age, really, just like as humans in our current cultural climate, like in in what we have access to, we kind of thought about some different topics and we kind of put them all together and thought, okay, this is probably ways that we're coping with other things in life in an overindulgent way and honestly in a not so healthy way. Yeah. And it was not hard for us to come up with this list either, which was kind of scary. And so some of these things that kind of brought us to this topic were things like binge watching shows. I'm sure that if you and your friends have ever talked about just wanting to like unwind and get over a hard day or a busy week. It's like, oh yeah, I watched, you know, five hours of the show. And when again, that doesn't sound bad, but you're obviously coping in a very excessive way to something that's probably not like edifying your heart or mind to be more like Jesus. Again, not bad to watch a Netflix show. Or even binge one in the right like reasonings, you know, like Justin and I around the holidays usually love to like binge a show together not wrong to watch multiple episodes of a show. However, when you're putting off maybe dealing with emotions from a hard day or wanting to just kind of numb out your mind, that'll kind of be the theme in all of these examples. Like when you're avoiding something other than running to God with that problem or just, yeah, not dealing with it in a healthy manner, that's when these behaviors can become I think sinful. Yeah. Another one we thought of was the trendy term of like mommy wine or mommy juice of this idea of kind of wanting. And again, you see probably posts on social media of this all the time or just people who talk about this. But the idea of, oh, gosh, like my parenting is really hard or I just kind of want to like numb out or ignore my children tonight because they're driving me nuts. So mommy's just going to sip on her wine all night. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the way that I unwind and I, you know, kind of like veg out to like detract from the chaos that's happening in my house. Yeah, I think we can all kind of take a moment right now as we're starting to kind of spew off some of these examples. Maybe those two first ones we mentioned are you, but I would just start thinking through like, okay, what do I run to when I've had a busy day, when I'm feeling Maybe like when you're feeling down about your body image, maybe when you're feeling distant in friendships or frustrated at work or lonely in your marriage, tired by your kids, like use like when I say those things, what Mm. pops into your mind? Like, what do you run to? For some people, it could be like escaping in books or maybe that could be running to 
gossip or I don't know. There mm-hmm. could be all kinds of things. But I think it's good to kind of start evaluating for yourself, like, what is it for me? Because we might not mention it specifically, but we all have things that we use to cope in unhealthy ways. Yeah. One of the ones that, again, when we were thinking this list, I even thought of like, I will often be like, oh, well, you know, on my off day, I'm like going to go to Target and I'm just going to mm-hmm. spend money that like That's we don't necessarily one. have budgeted. Yeah. It's not that I'm spending money that we don't have, but I'm definitely spending money that like I don't necessarily need to spend mm-hmm. it on something that I for sure don't need. Yeah, just and I'm just like, eh, I want to go to Target yeah. to just like spend money. Yeah. And that is like an indulgent way to cope with just feeling tired when really like I could sleep, <laughs> I could rest, I could go on a walk, I could get a cup of coffee. I could do a lot Be of things. Yeah, yeah, I could do a lot of things other than trying to cope with my just busyness or tiredness or frustrations other than shopping in an indulgent way that I don't need to do. Well, and that example proves a good point kind of in that I think one of the reasons like if we're thinking about like, why do we turn to things like this instead of dealing? Well, I think the obvious thing is, first of all, it's easier. It's easier to just turn on a Netflix show or to pop over to Target than to have to like sort through our feelings and emotions. And I think another thing that the shopping one specifically reminds me of, like it feels really good instantly. Like it feels Mm -hmm. so good to like bring home new home decor and like put it up in your house or to like, I don't know, it's just fun to go to Target and spend money. Honestly, why is it like that? I know. It's really messed up. But great marketing. um, Yeah, it gives us that instant good feeling. And it kind of for a second does take away whatever negative feelings we're having or like whatever hard day we're kind of walking through. But what happens is that really fades quickly. And so we're still left with those problems, but we haven't dealt with them in in any kind of healthy way. And even though, you know, by working through emotions and processing things and running to God with hard circumstances isn't going to be usually an overnight fix. There's at least this chance that God gets to join in with us in that hardship. And there's a lot more fruit that slowly starts to happen from that versus, okay, I'm just going to ignore and veg out. Well, yeah. And in the same way, it is really when we're doing those things and we are being indulgent in our coping mechanisms. Again, we want to be really clear that coping is not wrong. That's not sinful. There are really healthy ways to cope and get through feelings and process feelings and emotions. But what we're talking about is indulgent coping. And I think one thing that's kind of scary when you recognize that is that when I am indulgently coping, I'm really elevating myself to a place of just wanting and thinking that I can control and I can be in control of circumstances and I have the best thing in mind for myself rather than actually just running to God and really humbling myself in front of him and saying, God, like, I need you to be my peace. I need you to be my stillness. I need you to be my calm. I need you to be my patience. And so that could be in situations with, yeah, frustration or busyness with your children or work or your husband or whatever that may be. And so I think that's really the scary part of it is that we're actually not humbling ourselves before our creator who made us and gave us those emotions, which is totally fine to have. But where are we running to with those things? Just some scripture to kind of talk through this, because Christian and I will also want to make sure, you know, we're not just calling random things sin when it's not sin, but if we kind of define it as anything that's not living up to God's design or His will for our lives, it's kind of like, you know, most of the time when we are participating in these like coping behaviors, these overindulgent coping behaviors, we know that what our soul really needs is more maybe opening our Bible and spending some more time with God, or maybe it's taking a break and like just spending some time either meditating on God's word or praying, but we just don't want to do that. It's so much harder. And so this verse kind of gives us an idea of why that could be sinful. 
Yeah, so James 4, 17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so again, when we're talking about these things, it's not necessarily, yeah, binge watching a show is not the sin. Shopping at Target and buying new home decor is not, <laughs> not sinful. Sin. But it innately. is the it is our thought and desire and really just kind of like behind the scenes thought and reason for why we're doing that. We're doing that so that we don't have to be still and run to God and be edified by him or just ask for help or ask for him to intercede in our frustration or pain or hurt in the time. Instead, we're using ways that we know are not going to satisfy and not going to breathe life into our life. Yeah, we know that the things that the world offers us is not going to satisfy us the way that we need to be satisfied through Jesus. And I love when it talks about that in 1 John 2. So I'll read that. It's verses 15 through 17. And it says, stop loving this evil world and all of it that it offers you. For when you love the world, you show that you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure, the lust for everything we see, and pride in our possessions. These things are not from the Father. They are from this evil world, and the world is fading away along with everything it craves. But you do the will of God. If you do the will of God, you will live forever. I like that. And yeah, I just love that it's saying like we do crave those things. Like the world teaches us to crave these earthly things, Mm -hmm. and it's not God's will, and it won't satisfy us. It won't cause us to live forever like meeting with Him and being intimate with Him will. So Mm -hmm. yeah, and when we were looking at this obsessive coping or indulgent coping, we were kind of thinking like, what does that really mean? Or what could that look like? Examples in the Bible when they say explicitly like, this is not right. And one of those things was gluttony and being gluttonous. And I just looked up the simple definition of if we are not to be gluttonous about what we have or our bodies, then what does that actually mean? And gluttonous is defined by excessive greed, that it's over or excessive habitual consuming of food or drink or materials. And it's with the lack of self-control. And so I think when I say all of those things, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, like I do run to these things. When I am feeling frustrated, I run to something kind of feeling out of control. Like I'm like, yeah, but I can go to Target or I can have a glass of wine. And so I think it's that act of a habitual just running to something in an over excessive behavior that is the sin of just not following what the Bible is saying. It's best in that moment. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting when you brought up gluttony to me and this kind of going along, like I think we are raised to think gluttony just kind of relates to food. And it really is good to kind of take an inventory of your life and think like, where am I gluttonous? Like, where am I over consuming? And where Mm -hmm. am I becoming overindulgent in certain things? And I think anytime we love things of this world, it's just not going to turn out well. Like it might start out with good intentions, but the more we love possessions or things that anything this world offers us, Netflix, like more than we love Jesus, it's going to turn out bad. And so the more we can kind of recognize when those things crop up, it's so easy for it to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to take like loving a good show or watching that with my husband to an extreme level, but Mm -hmm. you start to see really negative things come from Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I loved it when I was like doing some research of even, you know, like why should we run from, we should run from all sin, but specifically gluttony or being excessive in our behaviors or acting out of like habits of lack of self-control that one of the articles I read from Timothy Keller, which is a pastor I love, and is just uber wise. He was talking about this excessive materialism is really akin or a child to other sins like pride or lust that really when we're accepting or when we're okay with acting 
gluttonous about our behaviors with food or drink or materials, then really we're going to breed more sin in our lives like pride and thinking that we are more than we are or lustful and wanting more. And like we said, like it will never satisfy. And we know those things. But again, it can be an easy area just to go down a rabbit trail of a lot of different sins. Yeah, to kind of make the point of like why this can be a not so obvious sin, I think even as Christians, I'm speaking of myself actually, like I catch myself, even with other people, encouraging these overindulgent behaviors often where when a friend is maybe venting to me about a hard day, it would be very easy for me to say, okay, just go home, relax. (laughs) Why don't you go get in your sweats and watch a Netflix show, have a glass of wine and like, don't worry about X, Y, and Z tonight. Or it's very easy to kind of like encourage that versus me looking at my friend and saying like, hey, sorry if this is kind of weird, but can I pray for you right now? I feel like you're overwhelmed or you're really stressed about this. Maybe you should go on a walk and spend some alone time in prayer or even like, could I just pray for you? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just very quick to offer up worldly encouragement versus something I know that will satisfy them a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something we all should work on is like, how do we respond when friends are kind of like overindulging? Yeah, and that's so good. I love that because that's like even convicting to me. It's so easy to say that in the moment. And I think even just personally. Yeah, when I do find myself to be coping in an indulgent way sometimes, if I actually take a step back and think about it for a moment, I probably see a pattern of that in multiple days or multiple weeks that I can say like, oh, I've probably not taken the time to be in God's word every morning to set my day differently. Or yeah, I'm choosing to actually just like scroll on my phone and Instagram in these like dumb photos of people. Also, how do we forget than... to say that is a major and overindulgent coping mechanism? Yes. When I am stressed, I know. How I did just, we not say that? I, that is like, I will be honest. That is my biggest thing because it yeah. just numbs your mind. Yeah. And so like when I look back though, if I was willing to say, hey, I need to like take a second and just look at some inventory of my time the last few days. How am I spending it? Am I setting my heart and mind up for success and focusing it in on like God's focus and point and purpose of my day? Or am I starting in a rush feeling like my quiet time is just not worth it? And I think that's really convicting. And so if we all did that a little bit, I feel like that would maybe help as well. So we've talked a lot about, you know, what not to do or, you know, the way not to cope. And we've mentioned a few other things you could do, but what are some practical things people could do if they're feeling that like they can sense themselves going into an anxious place or they've had a really rough day or they're at the breaking point with their kids at home or they're just really struggling? Like what could they turn to instead of indulging in these coping mechanisms? Yeah, I always think the first thing I feel like I've said this other times, but it's like one of my favorite things because there's a verse about bringing sin to light and just pulling the darkness of sin into the light that yeah, like God it. can't yeah God can't you know he's not lost in the dark like we are but even like Satan hates the light and so I think it's always just good to say it out loud of saying like even in that moment like I'm really wanting to just like veg out and drink a glass of wine and kind of ignore my kid and roll on my like phone on social media. Like that's what I'm wanting to do right now. I did know you that's say so roll wrong. on my phone. Well, I meant like scroll, <laughs> but I did say roll. <laughs> No, but I'm like, I think there's something to just naming that and saying it out loud because the moment you do that, you're willing to say, yeah, this is like kind of a problem. Like, I don't want to be a person who that's a habit for me. And I don't want to be a person that that's the way I'm like choosing to cope in this moment. And so I kind of think that's like step one. Yeah. A little bit. 
I really, and I know this isn't practical for everyone, but for me, taking a walk sometimes just snaps my brain. Even if I end up- The endorphins. Yeah, the endorphins. Or just like, it just rewires your brain to kind of think about something differently. So if I feel myself spiraling, often I will just like stop what I'm doing. And I might still go watch the Netflix show that night or like still whatever X, Y, and Z I'm doing to indulge. But- I think it also can help to kind of like reshift my perspective before I participate in that activity versus just like running straight to it, literally just avoiding everything else in my path to like numb my brain as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. Usually God like I feel like meets me right where I'm at when I'm walking because our brains are just shut off from thinking about all the things. Yeah. And one of the things I was going to say is that I think another really good practice just to work on any coping mechanism that you have, but to work to make sure they're not indulgent, like sinful ones would be just to make sure to have time in your day to rest and slow down in moments of like craziness or whatever that may be. My husband and I talk a lot about we both work full time and coming home to a home with children and doing like our whole bedtime routine. It can be overwhelming. And so both of us have had just moments where I need in my car to either like listen to worship music on my way home or just maybe sit in my car for like two minutes when I pull into my driveway just to sit there and like pray or just sit in stillness to say like, no, I'm like kind of transitioning to this other space so I can't be frustrated or I can't be overwhelmed or I can't be like literally just wanting to walk in the door and be like, I need wine because I had a hard day. And so it kind of sets your tone a little different. And so even if that looks like maybe your job has a bunch of back-to-back meetings, maybe you are in a sales role and you are going from like client to client meeting, maybe even if there's a way that you can put, you know, five minutes between those or just again, like setting aside a time like throughout your day to not get to a place where you need such like maybe a, I don't know, like a big coping thing that could then be like really extreme if that makes sense that's good I think the final thing I would say is just like having people around you that can encourage you in these healthier coping mechanisms and healthier behaviors I know that Christian and I are in a group text and oftentimes like when one of us are feeling really encouraged we will send kind of just like telling people that and not a boastful way, but when we're experiencing like something really joyful in our day or even just kind of like sending a worship song that's really been touching one of us or sending scripture that's encouraging. If we don't have that community, you know, I feel like it's really hard to do these things alone. So even if that's one friend or an older woman or your spouse or your mom or anyone in your life, like just kind of like you being the one to start that accountability and putting that out there first, I think that creates a really good pattern. Mm -hmm. And one last thing I just wanted to mention, I wanted to read this verse one more time that Samantha read earlier. It was the first John. Did I not read it well enough? No, you read it great. (laughs) But one thing I thought was as you were even reading it another time, I thought, gosh, I want to post that on my door frame so that like when I leave my house every day, I'm reminded that like this world just does not satisfy. And so the ending of this verse is, and this world is fading away along with everything it craves. But if you do the will of God, you will live forever. And that's first John two seventeen. And I just think that's an amazing thing that if we're running to him in all of our just needs for peace or just like fulfillment fulfillment love joy like if we're wanting those things then like we know he is the ultimate and if we can focus our minds and hearts on that every day then like what a beautiful place like that would be for such like a way to yeah be comforted when we need that that. well that's a great note to end on hey thanks for going there with us if you loved what you heard don't forget to follow along with us at going there the podcast And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. 
Talk to you soon. 